Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. In today's podcast, I have a fascinating conversation with Colin O'Brady, whose adventures in extreme places like Antarctica, the perilous Drake Passage, and on the peaks of Everest and K2 have seen him establish 10 world records. And he has written a book by the name of The 12-Hour Walk, which is a vivid narrative and a powerful insight that will show you how to embark on your own life-changing journey. We really have a fascinating discussion, and what stood out to me was what really changed his mind and helped him to really push his mind and his body further than what he ever expected he could achieve was the deep thinking that he gained from these expeditions, going deep inside himself and understanding the power of the mind. It's a fascinating discussion, and he also gives a simple 12-hour walk guide. Not all of us can cross the Antarctic and climb Mount Everest, but we can do a 12-hour walk, which is like a catalyst to get unstuck. So let's dive into the podcast. Life can be hard and it's easy to feel stressed, anxious and out of control. What if there was a way to take back control? What if there was a practical way to detox your brain? This is now possible with NeuroCycle, the first ever scientifically tested brain detox app shown to help reduce an anxiety and depression by up to 81%. Users are guided through a variation of audio and video, brain exercises, and mind management lessons every day. I'm excited to share some of the latest features in the app, including guides for children and parents, detailed feedback and recommendations, written guides through days 22 through 63 of the NeuroCycle, and an easy way to track your progress. There are over 500,000 NeuroCycle users worldwide, and the app has helped change thousands of lives, including people trying to find purpose in life, overcoming fear, better sleep, improved relationships, managing intrusive thoughts, depression and anxiety, and so much more. NeuroCycle is for everybody. No matter who you are, what you've been through, or what you do, you have an incredible mind and brain that is always on and needs to be managed so that you can live your best both mentally and physically. This app is designed for individuals, couples, families, businesses, or corporations, for everyone, everywhere. Join us by committing just a few minutes a day and see how your life is transformed. In just 63 days, you will have begun rewiring your brain for a happier and healthier life. Download the NeuroCycle app today and start changing your life one thought at a time. Just look for NeuroCycle on the iTunes App Store or Google Play or visit NeuroCycle.app. The link and more information will be in the show notes. Colin, I am really excited to interview you. This is really cool. I have your book here, The 12-Hour Walk, and I, I, I just have to read from the back. I mean, this is amazing. A 10-time world-breaking explorer. That's fantastic. New York Times best-selling author of The Impossible First, entrepreneur, speaker, and expert on mindset. So that really caught my attention because mind is my, is my wheelhouse. So I'm really thrilled to hear your wisdom and to share your wisdom with of, of all the amazing things that you've done with my audience. So I want to let you tell you, my audience the amazing things that you've done and achieved. Oh, thank you so much. Well, it's a, a pleasure to be here with you and someone with your level of expertise with science and knowledge of the brain. This is going to be a, a fun conversation because I, I think so. Delve very deep into my own mind and mindset and uh, encourage others to do the same. But uh, I imagine you have an even more scientific understanding of what's happening up there. I love to say the most important muscle that any of us have is the six inches between the ears. And so it's going to be a fun conversation. It is. 
you know, people say, what do you do? Who are you? You know, it's a little bit of a broad question. You know, I guess I'm most known for these world record breaking expeditions, becoming the first person in history to cross the entire continent of Antarctica, solo pulling a 375 pound sled, you know, rode a rowboat across Drake Passage, the most dangerous ocean stretch in the world in a tiny little rowboat, something that no one else had ever accomplished from, you know, 40 foot swells and from the southern tip of South America to Antarctica, 750 miles in the craziest ocean. So things, things of that nature. But also, you know, I have a deep passion for not just pushing my body in unique and extreme ways, but really taking those lessons that I've learned and kind of offering them up in digestible for, for people that don't necessarily want to go freeze their butt off and walk across Antarctica. I don't think everyone yeah. wants to, uh, to no, do that. I don't, blame I don't want you. to do that, but I'd yeah. like to learn from you for sure. I am yeah. getting in any boat and going across wild waves. Like, <laughs> but I'm fascinated with the fact that you've done that. It's incredible. So, yeah, there must be. I'm very interested in the mind that's driving your brain because your brain doesn't do anything without your mind. So the, your mind that's driving your brain, I'm fascinated to hear about this in this interview. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's fun and very excited. I know we'll get into it, but I'm excited about this new book, The 12 Hour Walk, that I just recently came out that I wrote. You know, people are, are really loving it. At its core, it's a it's a call to action for others. It's a call to action for people to take a journey of their own. I know we'll, we'll get into that, but to me, that's what's really lighting me up. I'm obviously happy to to share the stories and from my own life and where I've learned and where I've failed and the ups and downs and things like that. But what lights me up the most is being able to pass that on in a way that other people People can't just, you know, don't just avoid it or entertained by it, but actually can take that lesson in their own life. And that's really what the 12 hour walk is. As the subtitle says, for other people, for you listening to invest one day to conquer your own mind and to unlock your best life. And that's what the 12 hour walk, the both the book and the global movement aim to do. Oh, that's beautiful. And I think what is really captivating about what you've just said is something I hear so much from the field of work that I'm in and how many different people I interview is when you've been through something as momentous as what you've done, which you did voluntarily, but you've still been through a very momentous, challenging, it couldn't have been, there must have been moments on those waves and in that cold that you thought, why am I doing this to myself? But the fact that you, something drove you, and I'm fascinated to hear that, and helped you to persevere, and then there's a lesson learned. But But the core point I want to make is how you want to share that with others. And this is what I see so beautiful about humanity is that we go through these deep experiences and immediately, hey, I learned this. Well, how can I use this to help others? And, you know, you you capture that in your book, which I think is wonderful. So thank you for doing that and for sharing that. So let me start with a, the question that is totally fascinating to me. What drives someone like yourself to do, and you've probably been asked this a million times, so I'm sure you've got this answer totally off pat, but what mm-hmm. is it about you, your mind, the unique way that you think and feel and choose which is your mind in action driving your brain because your brain just tells your body just do what your mind tells it to do. So what is it about you that drives you to do these incredible expeditions? So answer that and then tell us a few stories and then we'll dive into all the lessons. (laughs) You know, I think that I have a deep curiosity for, you know, kind of exploring externally is how that has manifested, but actually it's really an internal journey, right? Exploring what the human body mind is capable of. But, you know, for me, now, I'll bring you back to a moment in my life that was massively a uh, turning point for me that 
Well, I was 22 years old, just graduated from college, university, and you know, I always wanted to see a little bit of the world. Didn't have a lot of money when I was a kid growing up, but I painted houses when I was young and decided, you know, hey, I'm going to set off into the world for an adventure. And I saved up a few thousand dollars, you know, as cheap as you could possibly go, you know, youth hostels, hitchhiking around, sleeping on friends' couches. But it was a great experience for me as a young person to experience a bit of the world. Way, you know, I I, I grew up in a pretty low-income background, and so that was, you know, a big adventure for me. And great experience, you know, I hitchhiked to New Zealand, surfed my way through Australia, found myself in Southeast Asia. It was amazing all until a fateful night I was in Thailand and there's these guys and they were jumping a flaming jump rope. And my 22-year-old self, you would know this better than anyone without, I guess, a fully formed prefrontal cortex to tell me this was a dangerous situation. I was like, great, this looks like fun. What could possibly go wrong here? And in an instant, my life changed. I wrapped the rope around my body by tripping on it. It had excess kerosene. It sprayed my body, lit me on fire completely to my neck. And survival mode kicked in. I get thankfully when I needed it most, I jumped into the ocean, which extinguished my body from the flames, but not before about 25% of my body was burned, predominantly my legs and feet. And I was on a small island in the Gulf of Thailand. So no proper medical facilities nearby. There was like a one-room nursing station. There was a moped ride down a dirt path instead of an ambulance ride. Not a place you want this experience to happen. And of course, the physical pain was immense. I mean, again, a bad circumstance. I had to undergo eight surgeries. There was a cat running around my bed and across my chest in this makeshift ICU. I mean, just really not where you want to be in this situation. The worst part about it, where was the physical, obviously, pain of it, but about day four, day five, the doctor walks in, he looks me in the eyes, and he's just being honest. He goes, hey, Colin, I hate to tell you this, but you will probably never walk again normally. And he's like, the way that the ankle joints, the ligaments, the tendons, et cetera, have been affected, you will probably not likely regain full mobility. And I was an athlete, also just any person, right? Like you're being, you know, in an instant, you made a mistake and now you're no longer, you know, who you thought you were. My identity was so wrapped up in sort of the physicality of my body at that point in my life. It was devastating. I mean, I Very immediately... Traumatic. Yeah, downward spiral into this this negative headspace of, oh my God, who am I? What does this all mean? You know, I don't want to be here anymore, you know, all the things. But the the sort of positive frame on this story and the hero, the heroine, I should say, is my mother. She arrived about day four or day five, right around when I got this bad diagnosis. And I can only imagine what it's like to be a mother, to see a kid in this state, just like helpless feeling. She was pleading and crying with the doctors for any semblance of good news. They weren't giving it to her. But she actually never showed me her own fear. She never actually came into my hospital room crying or upset. She instead came into my hospital room every single day with this huge air of positivity, like daring me to dream about the future. And she said to me, and I talk about this concept in the 12-hour walk, what I call now, I didn't call it this at the time, but I call it the possible mindset. And, yeah, and I define that, that as, book. Mm-hmm. you know, I define that as, an empowered way of thinking that unlocks a life of limitless possibilities. And in this moment, my mother said to me, let's dream without limits. This is a bad situation. Let's not try to pretend like it's not, but let's dream for a second without limits. What do you want to do when you get out of here? Let's set a goal. Let's work towards something. Close your eyes. And so I, she had me close my eyes. I did this visualization and I said, oh, I don't want to tell you what I saw. You're going to make fun of me. And she said, no, no, what is it? And I said, well, I saw myself crossing the finish line of a triathlon swimming, biking, running, you know, I'm burnt in with these burnt legs. She could have very easily said, Hey, you know what? I said, set a goal, but maybe something more realistic. But instead she goes, actually, that's your goal. Great. Let's go for it. She goes, Hey doc, 
bring in some weights. She yells out to this Thai doctor, bring in some weights. And he's like, what? And she goes, yeah, he's training for a triathlon now. So I have this picture of myself in a Thai hospital bandaged from the waist down, lifting 10 pound dumbbells with this look on the Thai doctor's face. Like this, someone needs to smack some sense in the silly American kid. And he's they never... found you team, but they found you dumbbells in this Thai hospital. Yeah, I'm, I'm, exactly. I'm really amused <laughs> so, by that. Yeah. So they had the dumbbells there as a photograph to prove it. It's a hilarious scene playing out. But the long story short of it is that my mother wrapped me in this sort of just this bubble of positivity. And it was several months I was in the Thai hospital, was flown on and off, flown home to you know United States. And when I, I was still carried on and off the plane, I was in a wheelchair when I got home. And the doctors, you know, still had this negative diagnosis, but through my mom's love, through her, you know, encouragement, again, we'll talk about the mindset even more, kind of pushed me. And every single day I could take a few more steps. I learned to walk, I learned to run. And I eventually raced 18 months after being burnt in this accident. I raced my first triathlon. And 18 months, you did your triathlon. I thought you were going to say 18 months later, I started walking. <laughs> 18 and months, so, you did a triathlon. My goodness, cr- Colin. The craziest part about it, very unexpected, there was about 5,000 people in the race that day. And to my complete and utter surprise, I didn't just finish the race, but I actually won. I placed first out of 5,000 people on the day. That's just like like a crazy wonderful. (laughs) But the point, I mean, all the way back to you said, why? Why do you do these expeditions? Why do you do these types of things? That's what you're asking me. And this was a massive turning point for me, which was at this finish line, when I won this race, I didn't go back and go, oh, wow, I guess I'm just this superhuman person. I'm so amazing. I'm so incredible. Like, that's not what went back. I went back and it was so clear to me that my mind, and again, I wouldn't have gotten there on my own. Thank God for my mother. But my mind, my mind had so much strength and power to do either, to say, yep, this is my diagnosis. I'm never going to walk again. I should get used to being you know, the way that I am in this wheelchair or not being full mobility in my legs ever in this versus my mother wrapping me in this possible mindset. And again, of course, I worked hard. I battled back. I had to work on my body, but it started in my mind. And I realized at that finish line, what would have happened had my mom not forced me to look towards the future and set this measurable goal? But I realized, but since I did, this is not just a me thing. I wasn't like, and you know this very well with your work. Like I wasn't like, oh, Colin O'Brady, I must just be, you know, better than everyone else. I'm such a great athlete. No, all of us, every single human on this planet, we have reservoirs of untapped potential inside of us to achieve extraordinary things. But all of those things, even happiness, fulfillment, joy, love, well, all those things, they start with something in your mind and a decision for your body to follow. And so that lesson, although had to, I had to learn it by burning myself in a fire, and I wish I had done that, it was a powerful and potent lesson. And now 15 years since that burn accident, I sit here with you know, 10 world records that I use those same legs with and, and various other things. And they all have really been from the, from the essence of, of mindset and that mindset shift. Skin conditions like eczema, acne and rosacea affect millions of people in the US, but the way they treat it isn't working. Glad Skin is rethinking what caring for inflammatory skin conditions looks like by working with your skin, not against it. Glad Skin is a new category of skin treatment that is made for people of all ages with eczema-prone, acne-prone and rosacea-prone skin. But what actually causes the itchiness, redness, inflammation and discomfort in the skin? It's a disruption of the bacterial environment, also called the skin microbiome. GladSkin specifically works to target the imbalance in your skin's microbiome. 
But unlike other skin brands and prescription medications, GladSkin uses MicroBalance, a revolutionary protein that restores the balance of the good and bad bacteria that live on your skin so it can finally heal. It is so effective that 91% of users, both adults and children, who tried their top-selling eczema cream reported significant improvement after just seven days. I've recommended this product to a few of my family members who struggle with eczema and they've been loving it. So, if you've been frustrated with your treatment options, don't wait to try GladSkin. They are offering my listeners 15% off plus free shipping on your first order at gladskin.com slash drleaf. That's gladskin.com slash drleaf for 15% off plus free shipping. gladskin.com slash drleaf. The link and details will be in the show notes. That is just incredible. Thank you for sharing that. It's incredible and it's just so I mean, it's just really more confirmation for me of the work that I do because it's, I've, I've seen over my years of, of being in the field, people overcome incredible odds and you now are part of that, that, that group of people that I have just seen and, and it shows me more and more, it's our mind. I mean, so if, without, if, you, if you're dead, your mind's not working. The fact that you're alive, it's your mind that's driving every bit of what's happening in your body. You make 800,000 to a million cells every second. Hmm. And it's because you're alive. If you're dead, you're not making them. And the quality of those cells is dependent on your mind. And my point being, Colin, in those moments when your mom wrapped you in that, that possibilities mindset and got you to visualize, I don't know how long that was, but probably an hour, a couple of hours, just think of how many new cells you made. And those quality of those cells, and this is just such a basic thing, but I'm just showing a direct link between mind yeah. and body here, is that those cells then determine your organs, your systems, et cetera. In other words, your body quality, your DNA, your telomeres, et cetera. And in other words, your mind drove the health of those. And you started on a journey of your body getting to a point where you could heal to that point. You know, and so it, it was your mind driving it. And we live in an environment, and, and I think that you've got this by the fact that you've written this book. Not I think, I know you've got this. We live in an environment that is immersing us in fragility. You don't have resilience. Once broken, you're always broken. At the same time, there's a lot of motivational speakers out there that are speaking against this. But the general messaging is that as humans, we, we're not as strong as what we, the whole mental health movement mm-hmm. and everything is, yet, yet your story is counter to that. You know, you've shown that you, obviously it wasn't all, you know, joy and roses. I'm sure you were very depressed at times. You said you wanted to give up and probably wanted to die at times. So it wasn't easy, but there was something in your inner depth of your unconscious mind that, that kept you going. And that's what you try and, if I understand you correctly, please correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what you're trying to bring out to people is that tap into that mind. A hundred percent. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and yeah, the book is definitely not told from the point of view of a highlight reel of my life. Oh, look at me. I did this. I'm awesome. It's the opposite of that. It's saying, hey, here's some lessons that I have learned by pushing my mind and body in such extreme and such intense ways. But guess what? You don't have to go all the way to Antarctica. You don't have to go to the summit of Everest to do this. This exists within you. The 12-hour walk is a call to action for people to literally walk out their front door, put their phone on airplane mode, take a day and walk without music, without podcasts and look and analyze, have a deep look at their own mind, their own interior dialogue, their own thoughts. Because I believe we are held back by a series of somewhat common limiting beliefs that loop in our minds. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I'm not strong enough. What if I fail? What if people criticize me, right? These what if sort of fears. 
But this 12-hour walk both gives you a moment as well as, again, the book itself. We can talk more about the details, but it gets into the essence of how can we write, rewrite those narratives? How can we make those shifts? And through the 12-hour walk, I've literally seen, as the subtitle says, invest one day. This 12-hour walk is a roadmap for you to make a huge shift emotionally and mentally in just a day that has a ripple effect for weeks and months and years to come after that. No, that's amazing. So it's like a catalyst of putting people in the right direction. And it's very exciting because the, I, I've developed a system called the NeuroCycle that is how you use your mind to drive your brain. And it's just, you're basically working on this constant. It's basically mind management. And what you're doing with your 12-hour walk is you're taking your mind and you cat, you're sort of launching it into a a, a, a state of being where you can get to know yourself and you bring up the concept of all these thoughts that we have, these intrusive thoughts, which pretty much every human deals with. And they're always seen as those negative things, but actually they're full of messengers. And if I'm hearing you correctly, and from what I've seen of your book, you are encouraging people to come to get in touch with those, which is something I always say to, to people as well in the work that I do, is that your intrusive thoughts are your best friend because they're filled with messages. So once yeah. you get in touch with them, you can actually learn from them and you can move them in another direction. So this is what your 12-hour walk, I think, is yeah. helping to catalyze people into, to sort of launch them in like a, you know, here's the, they launch you into space kind of thing, and from there we go. So you have on page 26, you actually, because people are thinking, okay, 12-hour, one day, whatever, and you've got six points of the, the walk might sound simple. I'm just reading from your book here on page 26. And in a lot of ways it is, but there's a power in simplicity. I totally agree with that statement. And one might say magic, totally agree with that too. Without a doubt, the directions are simple to follow. So can you walk us through very basically these steps? I'm going to read them out loud first, and then if you could talk them, talk sure. us through them. So it's commit, unplug, record, walk, rest, reflect. Okay, so, and this is what they do over 12 hours. So can you walk us through that? And then obviously people get hold of your book to learn more. I wanted to make this really powerful. What yeah. I'd love to do is I'd love you to, to springboard that onto maybe one of your stories of, or a couple of your stories, if you want to go into one in depth, or if you want to choose and just launch out how 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 you this came out of that. Now I lost this place. Um, yeah. I just think it'd be great to then link it to maybe the Antarctica or the waves on the yeah. or elements of it, however you want to do it, so that we build the 100%. little bridge between the two. Yeah. So we'll we'll get into the steps, but I'll, I'll bring you back into a story because I think the origin story is very powerful of sort of where I came came up with twelve hour walk. So. I walked across Antarctica solo, 54 days, a thousand miles, pulling a 375 pound sled. It was an expedition that people had attempted previous to me. No one had been successful accomplishing it. And I literally called my expedition, also the name of my first book, The Impossible First, because I didn't know if it could be possible, but I wanted to try, was willing to try. I told myself the longest I could possibly pull my sled when I was out there was 10 hours. It's minus 40 degrees. It's brutal conditions. The wind's blowing in your face. There's just no way. On day one, hour one, I couldn't pull my sled. Literally the first day, my sled was so heavy, I couldn't pull it. And I felt so sorry for myself that I started crying. And what happens when you cry and it's minus 40 degrees outside? Well, it turns out the tears, they start freezing to your face, which is like the all-time most pathetic feeling ever. It sounds so sore. <laughs> now, a whole other side part of that is that Another guy was attempting the crossing at the very same time, unbeknownst to me until I got down there. So I literally ended up in a cargo plane sitting next to this badass British explorer by the name of Captain Lou Rudd, getting dropped off on the edge of Antarctica, not just racing history, but now in a head-to-head, mono-e-mono, 1,000-mile race to see who would become the first person to make this crossing. Oh, wow. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How did that happen? I mean, the chances of that happening are like so remote. Yeah, two of us planned it and there's one guy with one plane that can take you down. So we called the same logistics guy and he was like, yeah, I can take you down there as a day. And so we're sitting shoulder to like, oh, wait, you're trying to do the exact same thing as me. What, this turned into a race all of a sudden, which is wild. So anyways, he kicks my butt in the first week, by the way. And when I'm crying with my frozen tears, he's like off and gone and, and completely, completely gone. I caught up to him on the sixth day and we end up walking shoulder to shoulder beside each other in this intense battle, not talking to each other. And I thought, man, 10 hours, the longest I could possibly go. I get to eight hours. He's still right next to me. I get to nine hours. He's still right next to me. I get to 10 hours. He's still right next to me. He's still marching along. We're both pretending like the other one's not there. 11 hours goes by now further than I ever thought I could go in a single day with this much weight behind me. And he finally reaches down and pulls out his sled. Or pulls out his tent. Excuse me. And I'm like, he's going to stop. And I pull my sled one step further, one hour further. And I finished 12 hours. Now I talked to my wife on my satellite phone that night. That's my first lead in this race. It's only six days in. We have our 50 some to go. If we're going to make it. And she says to me, I've been waiting to tell you this, but you're going to run out of food or fuel if you don't go at least 12 hours every single day. So it's great you did it once. Cause I was like, I did it once. It's more than I ever you thought can I do could it do. Again. No, oh, she, literally wow. was, she literally was like, yeah. So I'm going to need you to do that 50 more times without taking a day off at all. I need you to walk 12 hours per day, every single day, 50 more times. And she was right. I needed to do that. That's what I did. I ended up getting there first by a few days, but more importantly, I was on my last bite of food. My body was completely, you know, my hips, hip bones were sticking out. My ribs were sticking out. I was starving. I had frost nip on my face. My body was declining in a very significant way. But what happened is actually my mind got sharper and sharper and stronger as I was out there. I tapped into these waves of deep fulfillment, connection to family, to spirit, to love, to empathy, to community, and felt this sort of resonant, beautiful, beautiful positivity. As my body was getting weaker, my mind was getting stronger. Wow, this is insanely wonderful. And I thought to myself, you know, I guess I can just take this back with me forever. I found this place in my mind. I can always come back here. And for a time that was true. And of course, these lessons from crossing Antarctica have, have stuck with me. Um, and um, of course, will always be there in some capacity. But a couple of years later, I did some other expeditions in between there. A couple of years later, I might, my first book was out, just at the New York Times bestsellers list. I'm doing the book tour. I'm about to leave another expedition. Boom, COVID hits, right? Disrupts, disrupts every life. Book tours canceled, all the things I have canceled, et cetera. And don't get me wrong, my book tour being canceled or my expedition being canceled is like the least of the world's problems, but it's just a scary time, right? Like I end up locked in my house. Everything I thought that I was doing, which is getting all this pause momentum is completely disrupted and canceled. And I'm sitting on my, in my family's house in the Oregon coast, just me and my wife and my dog. And I've completely lost this place I found in my mind in Antarctica. Instead, I'm full of anxiety. I'm full of fear. I'm full of doubt. My wife looks over at me at one point. She goes, you know, you haven't changed out of your pajamas in about three days. You've been sitting on the couch, just like doom scrolling my news and social media and like all the bad headlines. You know, this person's dying. This happened. This horrible thing happened, right? Super sad time. And for a fearful time, I think we, everyone on this planet experienced that. 
And she's trying to kind of encourage me. And I thought, when was the last time I felt connected? When was the last time I felt strong in my mind and my body, my spirit? And I was like, strangely enough, as hard as this Antarctica crossing was, I actually found it out there walking alone in silence and stillness. Mm. And so I said to her, I said to my wife, I said, this might sound ridiculous, but I'm going to go on a walk tomorrow at our front door just all day long, probably maybe even 12 hours. I'll, I'll see you around dinner time." And she's like, great, you know, have fun. She just kind of laughs because she knows I do these ridiculous things sometimes. So I walk out the front door. When I walk out the front door, I look down 20 minutes in, my phone buzzes in my pocket. And I'm like, okay. And I reach out my phone, about to text my friend back who's texting me. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I've just been staring at my social media, staring at my phone. I'm on this walk. I'm outside. Now I'm staring at my phone again. Like, I don't need to be doing this right now. So I instinctively, I put my phone on airplane mode and continue the rest of the walk. No music, no podcast, no external inputs, just me alone with my thoughts. And it's difficult and it's challenging. And I, I take breaks. It's not like I'm walking the entire time. I take some rest breaks, whatever. But I walk for 12 hours. And I tap back into this place I had found in my mind in Antarctica, this stillness, this silence, this peace, this feeling of fulfillment. And when I walk back in the front door, my dog jumps up on me and my wife says, you're back. And I say to her, yeah, I told you I was coming back around this time. And she goes, no, no, you're back. Like my spirit was back. She could just see it without me really saying anything. And she was right. And I was like, this is the best that I have felt in a really long time. But I thought, I said, you know, look, like I... I'm not sure, you know, this is for everyone else. Like I'm the guy who walked across Antarctica. Great. I can go on a long walk and it's positive for me, but I didn't necessarily think there was broad applications to this until I had all sorts of friends, family members, colleagues, people fit, not so fit, young, old, et cetera, going through hard times during COVID. And I started just mentioning this to people. Well, Hey, I did this thing and it changed everything for me. Before I knew it, lots of people started taking me up on this sort of call to action and, you know, doing, hey, I just did the 12 hour walk. I, I, I took a day and I did that. And people kept coming back overwhelmingly positive. This was exactly what I needed. I needed a break from my phone. I needed to check in with myself. I needed to look inside the things that I've been looping negatively in my brain. It was hard. It was challenging, but it was amazing. And now the 12 hour walk, look, we'll talk about those six steps in a second. It meets you right where you're at. You know, you don't, it doesn't matter if you go for one mile or 50 miles and you don't have to be crazy fit. This means you don't have to train for this. This is for you to do exactly your pace. My 77 year old mother-in-law has quite literally done the 12 hour walk. And for her, it was one time around her block and then sitting on her front porch and resting in stillness and silence. And then another time around her block, but she's committed to the entire 12 days. And so this book you know, it'll entertain you. It's exciting. It's a page turner. It's full of wisdom and and advice and fun stories, but at its core, it's not just saying, Hey, take my word for it. This lives and die on the page. This is actually saying, take your own word for it. Go find out for your own self, take your own 12 hour walk. And my goal is to inspire 10 million people to take this 12 hour walk. It's completely free. It's out your front door. You can do it any day of the week, but you can sign up on my website, 12hourwalk.com. I become your accountability partner, send you some emails and FAQs and things like that. But those those six steps of, of how you actually do the walk, as you read off before, are clean. They're, they're simple. So the first is commit. As I said, go to the website, you know, pick up the copy of the book, pick a date and put it on your calendar that, that we know the psychology behind actually committing to something like that, you know, highly, highly increases the odds that you're actually going to complete it. The second is record. So I ask people to, you know, on their phone, 
just, just record a video for yourself. It doesn't have to be for anybody else. You don't have to share it on social media if you don't want. It's like just for you to have a touch point. Hey, my intention for this walk is this. And of course, the book itself helps frame some thoughts, ideas, uh, and framework around that. But to set an intention for the moment. And then unplug. Put your phone on airplane mode. Bring it with you for safety. Have it in your pocket. I actually have an app that I've built that helps track the miles of your walk so you can know where you are. You don't get lost, but it works in airplane mode. So you don't have to have your notifications, your social media, your email, all this stuff. You're taking a day away from that. And so you put your phone on airplane mode. And then of course, the probably the most important step is walk, walk, you walk, committing for 12 hours. Go wherever you want. You know, you can be in an urban setting. If you're in a big city like a New York City or Los Angeles, whatever, the stillness and silence is your own commitment to it. It's okay if there's other cars nearby or other things, you know, passing through. This is your own commitment to the stillness and the silence. Rest. Take as many breaks as you want. I mentioned my mother-in-law. It doesn't matter. This isn't like, you know, punish yourself and see how far you can go. This is not a race. You know, the person, my ultra marathon friend that does 50 miles is not doing the walk, the 12 hour walk any better than my mother-in-law who's going, you know, only a couple of miles. Like they're both doing the walk because they're committing to them. It's a mental exercise. This is you yeah, training your mind. it's a mental exercise. Mm-hmm. And then the last is reflect. When you get back to your front door, the same thing. Reflect on this. What did you overcome? What came up for you? What limiting beliefs were you battling in your mind while you're out there? What do you feel more equipped with now that you have this possible mindset on the other side? And so that is its essence is is what the 12-hour walk is, what this movement is. There are thousands of people around the world already participating in the walk. And I hope those listening will will join those and increase more and more people doing this walk. My goal is to inspire 10 million people to do it. The whole health and fitness world is talking about glucose these days, and for good reason. Poor glucose control is tied to weight gain, fatigue, sexual dysfunction, diabetes, Alzheimer's, heart disease, stroke, and more. But how do we track our glucose so we can find out how our lifestyles affect our health? This is where Levels comes in. Levels helps you see how food affects your health by giving you real-time feedback on your diet using a continuous glucose monitor. I've been using Levels for a few months now, and it has made a significant difference in the way I track glucose data as it relates to my diet and fitness. It's helped me see why certain foods don't agree with me and how movement can really make a difference on the impact of food on my body. If you want to better understand how food affects your health and try a continuous glucose monitor yourself, go to levels.link forward slash Dr. Caroline Leaf to learn more. The link and details will be in the show notes. Oh, this is wonderful. I love the the whole concept of the just you know the whole like the process that you describe and, and that think the whole getting into your mind and thinking. One of the things that that I have seen so much with the research that I've done, and it's something that I've actually also written about as well, is the thinker mindset. We don't we don't take time to just stop and to think anymore because we're so busy. So they unplug and and people are aware of that. But I mean, there's research being done by Harvard showing that people don't even want to sit for sixteen minutes. And I'm talking about 18 to 77 year olds, not a and a not Gen Z, the whole lot, you know, and even yeah. young, and and that people would rather they they battling to even sit for 16 minutes. You think of Rodin's statue, the thinker, you know, the Rodin, oh, the famous sculptor, yeah, yeah. the leaning on his hand. You know, we've kind of forgotten to do that. So when you're saying this, I'm thinking inside and thinking to myself, this is fantastic because I'm always telling people to stop and think, just unplug, even if it's a 10 minutes in the middle of the day. So I really believe that is vital in terms of neuroscience. When you do what you've just described, you are totally activating the default mode network in the brain as well as the whole brain. But you are giving, it's like an orchestra within the networks of your brain that actually is driven by your mind because your brain does nothing on its own. So your mind's driving it. 
And when you go into these, these the processes that you've described, you're actually allowing your physical brain to regenerate because your mind never stops, but your brain gets tired and it doesn't stop either, but it gets exhausted and needs regeneration. And without, without these rest periods or these times where we do what you've described, we, our brain doesn't function like it should and your mind's got to use the brain. So if the brain's a mess, the mind really battles. And if the mind's a mess, the brain's a mess. So in other words, you are helping to sort of unplug so there's a lot of neuroscience behind this as well, which is really interesting in the mind-brain-body connection stuff. So I love it. I think it's fantastic. Now, Colin, you, you obviously you've done quite a few expeditions, but just very quickly what I'd love to do in the last few minutes we have together, tell us just in terms of some of the other ones. You've done the Antarctica thing, but you've got 10 time world-breaking. What were the others? I want to know the others. If we can hmm. kind of wrap up with that, I'd love to know the others because they sound so exciting. Yeah. So, you know, I was the first person to walk across Antarctica solo. I set the speed record on something called the Explorer's Grand Slam. So I climbed the tallest mountain on each of the seven continents faster than anyone, as well as going to the North and South Pole. So the speed record for something called the Explorer's Grand Slam. So that's Everest, Kilimanjaro, Denali, et cetera, as well as the North and South Pole, all in 139 days. I also set the speed record for the seven summits by themselves, the seven tallest mountains on each continent. I rode a boat, first person in history to row a boat across Drake Passage. So the most treacherous stretch of ocean in the world and in a rowboat the 50 high points so the tallest mountain in each of the 50 u.s states all 50 of those in, in 21 days so there's stories from all of these adventures as well as other parts of my my life in this book one interesting sort of concluding thought is you know i really encourage everyone and i, I love your your science lens you just you shared some of it, which i love which is that mind body connection and what the what like i know anecdotally why this is powerful i have watched this literally over and over and over again people struggle people are challenged people are pressed when they're out there but they get back to their front door and they're like so deeply grateful elated different grown evolved it's very powerful and potent but as you said we it, it's like you know, some people they're they're oh they're they're thinking about this oh the physicality of this might be challenging and sure you're going to get tired but this meets you where you're at so it doesn't actually it doesn't matter literally it doesn't matter how far you go exactly you've said that it's really up to you the point is just to take those twelve hours to actually do the unplugging and the deep thinking and the movement in some but way. what people are so afraid of as you said which is so interesting is the stillness and the sound we are so used to you know I'm guilty of this as well of being able to pick up my phone and get that dopamine hit and check the Instagram and the email and call this person back and the to do list or whatever. But that creativity, our best work usually comes from a little bit of time of thinking, of reflection, of introspection. And one thing that I think has been very interesting as I spread this movement, um, and like I said, any single person, if you're listening, it is completely free to sign up for this 12hourwalk.com. Pick a date, put it on your calendar, commit to it. It will change your life. But what is interesting also is that this moment right now literally right now as you're listening to this is actually when the 12-hour walk begins. And what I mean by that is, of course, you're not walking for 12 hours in silence right now because I know because you're listening to us and that would not be it. They can do the podcast first at right, home the podcast and first, then they can go. And they can go. But just the suggestion of it shifts your mind in some way, meaning you're sitting at home and I'm suggesting you're listening to this podcast and this is being suggested to you. And something in that moment, you can't help it because your mind has to react in some way because it's interpreting this thought and going, should I do this or shouldn't I do this? It's and wiring so maybe, into the networks. Right, right in there. Just the suggestion of it. And what's so interesting and I found is that more often than not, most people are hearing this and they're going, okay, this is a pretty interesting idea. You know, I love Dr. Leaf's podcast and this is, you know, interesting guest or whatever. Okay, but... 
you know, I don't have enough time to do this 12 hour walk thing, or, you know, my feet are going to get tired. I hate being uncomfortable. Or, you know, what if I tell my family and friends, I'm going to do this, but I like quit after a few hours and then they're going to like, you know, I'll be a failure or they'll criticize me or something like that. Those limiting beliefs pop up in your brain just by being suggested the 12 hour walk. But what's so interesting and the reason the 12 hour walk is powerful, not just on the walk itself, but right in this moment is this suggestion that I'm giving you is me holding up a mirror to you right now. Be aware of what popped into your head when I first suggested this to you, because most likely the limiting beliefs, and I talk about this in the book, the limiting beliefs that you're applying to the 12-hour walk, why you may or may not want to or think you can do this, are most likely the same limiting beliefs that are looping on your brain over and over and over and over again. All kinds of things, yeah. All kinds of things. But here's the thing. We call them limiting beliefs because they're not limiting truths. They're not limiting facts. They are limiting beliefs. Beliefs can be rewritten. We are the stories. We are the stories that we tell ourselves. And so in that context, the 12 hour walk is a stand in of saying, Hey, that limiting belief might pop up. Hey, I don't have enough time to do this. But you battle back against that. You commit to a date. You get the babysitter. You shift your time so that you actually commit to doing this because you're like, you know what? This is going to be helpful for me in the long run. So it's worth me to take the time. It's not that that limiting belief won't pop up again for you after the walk. But when it does, you say, oh, hi, I see you there. I don't have to listen to you. I remember last time you popped up, but I still chose to do the 12-hour walk again. And so that ripple effect, that integration on the backside is how this continues. The walk itself is a, is a tool, an educational tool for your own mind to gain resilience, to gain strength, to continue to push yourself forward. And as the subtitle says, unlock your best life. Oh, I love it. I love that. And I was going to ask you for a pearl of wisdom at the end, but you've given the pearl of wisdom now. And I cannot corroborate with you more. That is just so fundamental to how the mind will work. And if you look after our mind and our brain in this way, doing things like this, like you've suggested with the 12-hour walk, we're actually pushing ourselves in the right direction. And our brain is always changing because our mind never stops. So, But you can direct that change. And so you've given a, a really great, not complex, something that's actually really easy to do to actually help us find those limiting beliefs and lift ourselves into another perspective. And those, the, 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 once again, this is where I like to tell people intrusive thoughts for your new best friend. You know, here's a way to actually find and collate because you've got 12 hours where in whichever way you spread it out to actually come to terms with those, those uh, find them and then do something about them. Instead of them controlling you, you learn to control them. It's fantastic. Well, Colin, how do people get hold of you and how do they get, obviously the books sold wherever books are sold. So what are your Instagram, your social media handles and things so that people know how to get a hold of you. Yeah, check out the book. It's sold everywhere where books are sold. So online, if you like audiobooks, I narrate the audiobooks. So you can do that as an option. The the 12hourwalk.com is sort of ground central for all things 12-hour walk. So come to the 12-hour walk, sign up for the 12-hour walk. I actually, you can do it on any single day, but I also am inviting mass participation on September 10th. I'll be walking that day as will thousands of other people. So you'll still be walking alone, but the knowledge that other people are out there on the same day as you. So if you need to pick a specific day, if that feels good to you, but you can do it any single day. So go to the website, sign up, pick up a copy of the book. I'm at, at Colin O'Brady, just my name on Instagram, pretty active on there. Come say hello and join this global movement. You're not doing this for me. This is, you're doing this for you. Give yourself this gift. It will really unlock some very, very, very powerful lessons inside of you. And you'll be grateful that you did it on the other side. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Colin, for that inspiring story of your life from the, the, your, the experience with your burning of your legs to the first marathon, to all these incredible things that you have done. But the lessons, most of all, thank you for transfer, t- translating this into a very practical way for people to actually start 
as you said, not everyone's going to go climb Mount Everest, but everyone can go for a walk. So thank you so much. It's been a, a pleasure and I look forward to hearing more. Thank you so much. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.